The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Mark Gunger helps couples understand that their love is not unconditional. If you do something guilty, you ought to feel guilty. <laughs> if you do something shameful, you ought to feel shameful. Yeah, but we're like breaking our necks and it makes sure nobody ever feels bad about anything. So we avoid any kind of godly sorrow, which leads us to repentance. And then we have a sense of just this anarchy today. And then people wonder why their relationships are failing. Learning the significance of rules in relationships. Next. Robinson, uh, welcome you live today. Betty and I are thrilled to have you. Mark Gunger's been here before, and uh, he talks about marriage, and somehow it seems to, he makes it funny. Uh, he makes he makes marriage sound like it's fun. Do you think it's fun? I do. We have some fun times. Yeah, <laughs> some fun some. times. Had a girl. <laughs> Way to go, Betty. On occasion. <laughs> and, and that's so Thank true. Thank goodness, and, huh? and, and yeah, and we, we, we get in disagreements. We have loud discussions. Yeah, we do. And people would not believe you get loud. Do you ever get loud? Well, you're hard of hearing. Go, <laughs> <laughs> <Tell> girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a girl I live. 52 years I've been married to this beautiful girl. And you know what? I just wish. I, I told you when I talk about the joy of marriage and family, <laughs> I know some people say, I'm glad. But at the same time, that's I'm sad. I can't say it. And you don't have any idea how that breaks my heart. I mean, really, it does. And, uh, and we care a bunch. And, and we'd like to help you. Imagine how much the Father wants to help and how able to help he is. Everything doesn't always get fixed. And, but we can have somebody close that loves us, and we want that for you. We pray that for you. Well, Mark Gunger, is, uh, he deals with marriage a lot, and he seems to help people have fun and understand things, but he's got this book, The Battle Over the Rules. And they, they, it looks like they're having one of those discussions Betty just referenced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Looks like a loud discussion. It's loud. Yeah, they're making, <laughs> it's got a lot of gestures. And... Uh, and he's implying that there's some rules and you can battle over the rules. Well, let's find out what he's talking about. Welcome, Mark Gunger. All right, Celebration Church. Celebration Church in Wisconsin. Okay, Mark. <laughs> are there rules? <clears throat> yeah, there are a few rules. Right. Actually, this whole idea of the battle over the rules is uh, actually just the idea of rules will create a lot of battles in any discussion, mm -hmm. especially in the Christian faith, because people get real sensitive about what do you mean by rules? Yeah, I want to know if this was a book on legalism. No, no, it's not about legalism. Because I'm not yeah. high on legalism. No, I, I appreciate Jesus that. Jesus was a high on legalism. <laughs> do I, I look like sure I'm high on legalism? <laughs> I want to be, be sure you understand. I, I don't know where you got that idea from. <laughs> okay. Well, well you know, here's, the, here's the thing with legalism. For me, the way I describe legalism is, let's say the rule is the children shouldn't play in the street. That's okay. a good rule. Okay, that's a good rule. Mm -hmm. But then a legalist will come along and say, well, then they can't play in the yard. Because if they play in the yard, they'll be they tempted the to go street. into the street. <laughs> yep. And then another legalist will come along and say, well, you know, they can play inside the house, but they can't look out the curtain. 
Because they look outside the curtain, they're being tempted to go into the yard and then end up into the street. That's right. And another Leo said, no, they got to stay in the basement because if they're upstairs, they'll look outside, step into the yard, they'll go into the street. Okay? This sounds like church. Yeah, hallelujah. All right, so now, so, so the problem is, now you got a bunch of people living in the basement because of a rule, don't play in the, the street, okay? Well, then to correct that, people come along and then they want to remove all the rules. But no, there's, there's a good rule, mm -hmm. the original one. Just don't play in the street, okay? <laughs> because so. it's a boundary, it's a safety boundary. Yes. It's, like, it's not like a wall that's a prison. Mm -hmm. It's actually a boundary of protection. Yes. You understand that? I do. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel I'm a so preacher, brother. Prophesy hey, to me. I feel, I feel so much <laughs> I really, I know a lot of people in the basement. Yeah, no, they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not into the basement. But okay. I don't want people in the street. Okay. Well, get what, hurt. Why do you even go to the trouble of talking about the battle over the rules? Well, because we. <laughs> You're implying that there need to be some. Yeah, there needs to be some. And, you know, words have meaning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we use words today to help to clearly communicate, for example, the gospel. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the phrases that we use aren't particularly helpful, and they can actually become problematic. Right. Uh, for example, the phrase is, you know, God loves you just the way you are. Well, okay. But see, I think a better way is God loves you despite the way you are. <laughs> really? Because, you know, it's like if you have a child. And yeah. I love you despite the way you're acting. See, that's one thing. They'll say, I love you no matter how you act. Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of saying, look, God loves us. There's no question God loves oh, okay. us. In fact, the Bible says God demonstrated his love for us yeah. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's no question that God loves us. I just get uncomfortable with some of these phrases. For example, and you hear this all the time. We, you know, I use it sometimes, just in, and I try and stop it now, is, you know, God's unconditional love. God loves us unconditionally. Mm -hmm. I know what people are trying to say. God loves us, but I just don't like the word unconditional because what it's creating is a sense that there are, true love means there are no rules, that it doesn't matter what we do. Uh, and then whatever rules are there are superseded for, it's kind of a version of anarchy. And if there's one thing that's trying to run rampant in America today, it's just anarchy. They don't want rules. They don't want restrictions. They don't want anything. Uh, and the rules can be explained away. I mean, one of the problems that we have today is, uh, you know, just in sexuality today. Um, even with Christians, you can say, look, the Bible says you shouldn't commit adultery. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then some say, well, yeah, but, but we really love each other. Mm. But that doesn't change anything. Mm. See, human love does not supersede God's rule. In other words, you're saying that if they were having sex pre-marriage, that would be a form of adultery. It's, it's, uh, no, well, that's another, that's fornicating to me. It's so, fornicating. Yeah, so okay, some, someone's right, okay. fornicating. Well, you shouldn't be fornicating. Yeah. yeah, but we really love each other. Okay. And I mean, people all the time say that. Say, well, I understand that. But sure, see, what difference does a piece of paper make? Like a marriage exactly. life, no matter. Yeah. Well, because there's certain sure. rules, if you will. They're not oppressive. I mean, we really want to be together, they say. <clears throat> yeah, well, just God marry the God girl. God made us this way. No, just know? marry the girl. Fornicating makes no sense to me. I don't understand that. Adultery, I get. Why? Because if you, let's say you fall in love with someone who's not your wife, yeah. God forbid. Okay, there's no way you can fulfill that morally. All right? Okay. And just the fact that you love her doesn't change anything. Or even people who are same-sex people. They say they truly love each other. I feel bad for them. There's no way you can actually biblically make that right. No. Nope. Uh, so, well, we love each other. That's the argument. As long as two people love each other. But love doesn't change. Human emotion doesn't change right. no, God's doesn't. standard. No. Okay. You don't ever move but, the standard to accommodate our failure or our rebellion, right? Yeah. Right. So but it's a rule. It's a rule. Millions it's a command. of Christians today, mm -hmm. I promise, especially the young sure. ones. Right who really think whatever rules are there need to be changed or meet up to because 
we love each other or, you know, God just loves us unconditionally. And I, and I know what they're trying to say. Again, God loves us. There's no question about it. I just don't like the word anymore because it's just creating this sense that nothing matters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what I'm trying to lay out in, in my book uh, about relationships is there are rules. You got to have rules if you're going to have mm -hmm. a successful uh, relationship. My wife has rules on me. For example, I'm not allowed to date other women. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little repressive, you know what I'm saying? But those are one of the rules, yeah, okay? Yeah. But there's people who literally think, well, if you really love each other, there should be no rules. Mm. And we're having that problem, you know, I mean, there's people who try to raise their children today with no rules. No. You know, I, I trust my child, my six-year-old, yeah. to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, who trusts a six-year-old to make their own decisions? I'm trying to get him to change his underwear, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> but there's this thinking, you know, to any kind of, you know, that's a repressive and is oppressive, you know, and people who teenagers, oh, good Lord. <laughs> you have no rules for teenagers, they'll destroy themselves. And I know people, good, God-fearing people, God love them, they're just dumb as bricks. <laughs> you know, pastors. Sure. Who, their daughter is in her bedroom with her boyfriend with the door closed, mm. For like four or five hours at a time. Yeah, homework. Said, so, so what do you what do you do? What are they doing? Um, what'd you say? Homework. Homework. <laughs> homework yeah, yeah. Anatomy <laughs> homework is what they're doing. <laughs> and you challenge that and say, well, well I trust them. Like, really? Are you crazy? You know, because there's actually this sense now of there is nothing, and if anybody comes with any kind of sense of, you know, that's how the non-Christian world just try to beat up the church. If you have any standard about anything, we're hateful. Mm -hmm. You're hate-filled people. You know, no. we're not hating anybody. It's just there are some basic rules. And as soon as you talk about rules, then right away everybody thinks you're talking legalism. I'm not talking legalism. I'm just talking I thought basic. your definition of legalism in the basement was good. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's really appropriate. Yeah. And, and really legalism puts you in a, in a solitary basement confinement. Yes. No light, no joy, no peace. And that is not what Jesus tried but, to but, put us into. He didn't shackle us. He set us free. But the boundaries are just like the walls that protected you from harm. Yes. And it's not a matter of keeping prison, people in prison, but actually keeping them secure, I say, in the shelter or shadow, watch care of the Father, God yes, himself. absolutely. So my argument is that actually the opposite is true. Without some kind of rules or conditions, that's why I don't like the word unconditional. Say okay. unmitigated, <laughs> say unending, say unfathomable. Just don't say unconditional because I think it just... Giving pe it's giving people the wrong idea. Well, in I do think God will never stop loving you. No, that's you nobody said. Even when yeah. you break all the rules, exactly. He still loves you. Absolutely. All right. So you. But there's a lot of because we have, they're not we have allowed society to redefine. Yes. The words that unconditional. I, you know. Politically correct words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just destroy them. I know. Yeah, she wrote a, a journal thought about the new normal. You're reading her journal. Oh yeah, she reads them to me. <laughs> She writes and she reads it to me. I love it. That's very good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we have a, this, it's a rule. We respect oh. each other. We I, treat each other with respect. I don't write a journal. You don't? Well, I, I don't want to hear what I but thought maybe earlier. Your wife, <laughs> maybe I need to talk to your wife and, and she'd write and you and read it, okay? The rule would be if she wanted okay. you to listen when she read it, you yeah, listen to her. That would be the rule. Okay, yes. that's the rule. So she was writing about the new normal. And the new normal is that we're just doing everything exactly abnormally in light of the standards of God yes. and the principles of God. Mm -hmm. we just The new normal is there's no normal. It's just whatever everybody thinks is right. They do what's right in their own eyes. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a biblical verse. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I hope you liked it. <laughs> I did. Okay, because you I take, it up a, take that rule up with God if you didn't like no, it. No, no, that's a good rule. That's a good rule. God said what that. I'm saying is without any rules, love can't really flourish. Mm, I agree. Okay, for example, in the beginning, God creates this garden, everything's perfect, but He's not done until He says one condition. You got a rule. There's that one deal. Why? Why was it there? Because without some kind of condition, love cannot flourish, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, then the whole Old Testament can be pretty much r- r- summed up in uh, Moses' uh, admonition to the people. He says, look, if you'll do the right thing, God says he'll bless you. Mm-hmm. If you do the wrong thing, he'll kick your butt, <laughs> all right? Yeah. And that's well, the whole that Old Testament. exactly the way he said it. <laughs> yeah. It was worse than that. (laughs) It was worse than that. The plagues and the death and everything. Kicking your butt's a nice version. You bring it on yourself. It's like playing in the street. He doesn't have to get the Suburban to run over you when you play in the street. I understand. The Suburbans are running. I know. Okay. Just don't put too much on God that you bring it on yourself. When you break the rules, you made a mess. You got it? I'm just saying there were rules. Yes, there were. Do the right thing, I'll bless you. (laughs) Do the wrong thing, I'll kick your butt. If you break the rule, you're kicking your own butt, though. Let's get that. Okay, whatever. Please understand that. Whatever, the butt gets kicked is the bottom line. (laughs) Who kicks the butt? I don't care. It's just avoid the butt kicking. All right? So... So all of the Old Testament is really that being yeah. played out. Yeah. The whole thing. Now everybody says, well, now when we come to the New Testament, that's all gone. Yep. There's only grace. Not exactly. Because there's still... Condi- I know people hate that word conditions. I don't know what else to use. I, I like that better than rules. You said these things you should have done and not leave the others undone. Yeah. That's well, Jesus. For, yeah. Well, for example, there's this great song. I am the friend of God. You've heard this song? Yeah. yeah. My, my nephew wrote this song. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, okay. Okay. But it's not really accurate. Jesus didn't say I call you friends He said I call you friends if You obey my words Mm -hmm. See See, what we've done we've taken the ifs That's very good We don't want the ifs anymore Mm -hmm. Okay you want to draw close to God You have to draw close to him That's right You know all these things He'll draw close to you if you draw close to him Exactly yeah He'll he'll expose himself by saying He'll let you know what he's thinking Yes He'll guide you to all truth But you want to draw close to God What do you got to do Get close to you him. You got to get your close to him. That's so right. Those move, are the move conditions. toward him. You want to get move saved? Move into the shadow. What? Well, Brother, what must I do to be saved? Repent. Believe. <gasps> trust. Conditions. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Rude. You're evil. No. Rude. So we're trying to lay out this idea that biblically, okay, there again, people say, well, no, grace means it, it, it doesn't matter. And if there's, and I, and I know, we're talking about hot button words here. Mm-hmm. And there's people already who are not hearing a word I say because he doesn't believe in unconditional love. That's no, he doesn't not believe what I in say. grace. No, I believe in grace. <laughs> yeah, okay. Absolutely. But Paul said to Timothy, the grace of God has appeared to all men, mm-hmm. teaching us to say no to ungodliness mm-hmm. and to live self controlled lives. Those are the conditions, you see. If your version of grace does not include the word no, <laughs> you ain't got grace. You got grease. <laughs> All right? <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame, right? And then, and then I hear these preachers, and I'm not trying to name, mention any names because <laughs> I don't want to go to jail for lawsuits. But, <laughs> but all these people who just, you know, preachers that are just obsessed with, we don't want anybody to feel guilt and shame. We don't want anybody to feel guilt and shame. Now, I understand there is this oppressive condemnation. There is. Okay? But that's not what I'm talking about. No, you're not. But, yeah. but this, this, this obsession of, here's the thing. You know who never feels guilt and shame? A psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he does, a psychopath can take a cat, stick him in a, in a, in a, uh, in a microwave, turn it on, watch it blow off, and it doesn't bother him in the least. Yeah. 
Jesus did not say go into all the world and create a bunch of psychopaths. People who never feel guilt and shame. I have this odd, strange concept that if you do something guilty, you ought to feel guilty. <laughs> if you do something shameful, you ought to feel shameful. Yeah, but we we're like breaking our necks and it makes sure nobody ever feels bad about anything. Mm -hmm. So we avoid any kind of godly sorrow, which leads us to repentance. And then we have a sense of just this anarchy today. And then people wonder why their relationships are failing. You know what, here, you appreciate Mark. I mean, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> And you know, here's the thing. When I, when I sit, and this, this is an amazing thing, because I, I, I have been, let's say I've had my sails stretched to catch the fullness of the Spirit of the living God to help us to understand Him and His ways and His will and to understand that we can swing the pendulum totally out of bounds very, very easily. And so sometimes if you've got a sound that's loud here, you need a little bit louder sound here to try to get everything back to center. But we always have a tendency to pick that sound or that sound rather than the sound of the Spirit to bring us into harmony with His heart. That's what we're about, Mark. I think you realize that. And, and by the way, the preachers that preach grace who understand grace, they would appreciate what you're saying because the real grace understands what Mark's saying. But there is this tendency to keep people living as though God's running around with a club all the time rather than knowing God's trying to give them boundaries so that you don't get hurt when you get out there. And he's trying to keep us in the shelter and shadow of his will. And that is grace too, if we understand that. So there doesn't have to be the tension. We're going to talk some more tomorrow. What I want you to understand is I'm a peacemaker and I don't compromise one word in his word, period, not going to, not knowingly. Now, I miss the mark, and you know what the mark does? Mark, <laughs> it tells me to straighten up, get back to the standard. I don't move the standard. Appreciate this guy. Just say thanks to him. We're going to have a little bit more. We're going to talk to him more, and I want to get real specific, Mark, in that uh, very definite aspects of marriage where people mess up because they don't have responsibilities and they don't assume responsibilities and even give up their rights for their spouse, which is critical. So we haven't signed a contract that means I guard my rights. We literally guard one another. I want to show you something, Betty, I think is as moving in the right way as anything you'll see. As, as I pray it will be. I, I want you to watch, and, and I really want you to try to get into the setting, right into the situation, because a lot of times in your life, you wish something would correct an issue in your life or your family. And if there were a way to correct it, you would be so grateful. Well, there's the perfect correction for what you're going to see. Perfect. And you're a part of that perfect solution. Watch it very closely. There's little stronger than a mother's love, a deep desire to protect, to nurture, that feeling of peace as your child walks through the front door, safe from every danger. But what if they weren't safe? What if the greatest danger lies in the most basic substance? water. This reality has haunted Tri Mang every day since it took the life of her youngest daughter and continues to threaten this precious one who remains.
It's hard for us to imagine something so essential being so difficult to obtain. But for Trimang, it's practically impossible. For now, clean water is but a distant dream in Trimang's village. Whether it remains so is up to you. I don't know what all you you think about when you're watching that. I, you know, because we've been speaking and, and doing the program, my, my voice was a little dry and I, I actually got a, a sip of water while I was watching that. And I just thought how precious that would be to, to her. It's something so simple and so obvious. Um, and that beautiful little girl, I really, I really fixed my eyes on that, that precious little girl a while ago, and I just, I wanted to take her little face and say, honey, we're gonna get you some clean water. And I wanted to say, mom, we're gonna let you do what you wanna do for your, your little girl. And uh, I'm sorry that the nurse said that you, you maybe contributed to your child's death when you didn't have anything else you could give. And, and Betty, we can, we can give them water if we just will. You know, James, my heart was, relating to hers in that as a mother, I felt like she was saying, I would, if I could, I would do, give her fresh water. You could, if you would, give her fresh water. Help us drill the water well. Yeah, you could, if you would, that's, that's exactly right. I, I believe you will. Father, I pray everyone watching who can help at whatever level, they'll understand it's huge. It's important, it's it just a cup of water you said, it's special. And Lord, we can help give wells of water. Please move on people's hearts to do it. In Jesus' name, I ask it for the sake of those beautiful little children and their families. There's a telephone number there on the screen and we have a challenge from the missionaries to drill 500 more wells this year in areas they've located the need and the confirmation and that there's water, and a lot of times they know that because people have dug a hand hole, a bore hole, and they find water, but it gets contaminated because of things falling in it or more people getting out of it and everything gets in it. There's no way to protect it. And that's why we drill a well, we case it, we give them a manual pump. It can't be electric because the electricity is unreliable in most of the places where they desperately need the water. So we give them a pump that children can pump, in school settings where kids come, we've actually given them a, like a merry-go-round where they can go around and we've built holding tanks in those areas where they're actually pumping water up into the tank. And then the water will flow out of a spigot. So we do everything we can with simplicity but in love. And we're always sharing where the love comes from. It comes from God. And so we're asking you to dial the number, take your bank card, or go online, lifetoday.org. That's the easiest way. Take your bank card, make the largest gift you can. 
$4,800 per well. We're going to drill 500. Would you help with one? Could you do that? Maybe you could drill several. There are people who do that. Thank God for that. But most people give by giving 1,200 or 2,400 and pray others join them. Most of the support comes from people giving $48, which gives 10 people water, or $144, which gives 30 people water the rest of their life. There's a level at which you can help. Would you do it? We have some gifts we want to send you to bless you, to say thank you, but we're asking you right now to express the love of God by giving fresh, clean water and changing everything for people in very difficult circumstances. When we give them water for life, they're always glad to hear about the water of life because they've seen his love. Thank you for helping to share it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice, drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease, or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Well, Betty and I do express our gratitude, our thanks for your help. The uh, beautiful names of Jesus' pins, we'll send you two of them. You make that gift of $100 or more, any gift. Every day, a new day, every season of the year. Uh, one for each season of the year. They're beautiful. And uh, you've got a devotional every day and a study guide. And then you've got a place where you can journal. If you'd like to have Mark Gunger's book, The Battle Over the Rules, you ask for it, so I'd like to have that. I, I like this guy. I like what he's saying. I believe he can bless me, bless my life, my marriage, my future, and it, be sure to ask for it if you'd like to have it. Would you like to say thanks to Mark for coming, Sharon? He's going to be back with us. Mark, you come back and we'll, we'll discuss these rules some more, all right? Yes, Thank you so much for watching stream.org. Go to stream.org every day. Let's get understanding of the times. We can make a difference.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Tomorrow. Better for worse, richer for poor, till death do you part. The good news, somebody dies, all right? So. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.